House of Mystery presents Inside Writing, the radio show where authors discuss their writing process in all genres. You are back in the House of Mystery, and I'm Al Warren, and uh, the, the the guy drinking the <laughs> scotch and all that's uh, David Martino. Um, Cheers. Yeah, yeah. You just started doing Christmas early, didn't you? Yes, that's right. That's <laughs> yeah, you know, we we were recording yesterday and and the day before. He's he's been drinking since the Monday show. Uh, I'm raiding the, uh, the the scotch cellar in the uh, the House of Mystery. Yeah, and, and, and he hasn't left. We, we no. can't get him out of there. Him and him and his cat, you know. Um, My cat's drinking more than I am. <laughs> well, because she, he's in there with you. Yes. <laughs> well, that's right. Can't get driving out. him to drink. Yeah, yeah. You drive all the everybody too. Um, okay, now today, um, let's see. We've got. Um, uh, a, a completely different than yesterday's interview. Hey, that was totally um, not a policeman named Coffin. We've got no. we've got a writer, and we're talking about um, a person that writes in the uh, more of a. Um, I, I I guess I mean we'll we'll talk about this, but more of a I think a suspense romance maybe or something like that. So um, let's welcome Anne. Russo to the show. How are you doing, Anne? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. Um, so, Anne, how how do you classify your your writing? Like, what kind of writing would you call it if someone asked? Um, it's a romantic uh, suspense thriller. It's usually the genre that I would uh, yeah that I would call it. It's uh, it kind of straddles um, quite a few different genres, to be honest. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's a few, but um. Definitely a romantic suspense. Okay. I, I wonder, so when did you actually start writing? Let's just go there. Like, what, what made you decide that you wanted to be a writer? Well, I, you know, I've been writing all my life, um, you know, since I was a little, little kid. Um, you know, I would say seven, eight years old. Um, you know, I've always been an avid reader, and um, writing sort of always went hand in hand with that. Um, but in terms of writing on a you know professionally that that took me quite some time um to get to that place um one of those writers that's kind of you know very self-conscious um full of lots of self-doubt um so you know even though this was uh something that i'd love to do my whole life you know it took me a long time to get to a place where i felt comfortable sharing that work with others so mm. yeah um, that's that's a really hard thing to do. I mean, everybody feels it, so you're not alone there. Some some talk very confident, or they they seem very confident. I know I do, but I'm I'm uh, I'm just an awful writer, <laughs> and, and I put out books and people buy them, and and I you know I I, I don't know. I guess I just sort of think that um, it's a natural feeling to to doubt whether or not you're good enough, but. Um, I, I, I'm sure. I'm sure you are. It's just uh, uh, you just you just keep on going. Um, uh, what have you learned uh, now? It looks like you've you've done two books so far. Um, in in the after doing these two books and having them out in 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 the population, so to speak, um, 
and you look back at it, do you, do you think you've become a better writer or do you think you've learned something? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, just between the first book and the second, I mean, there's definitely times I actually want to go back and uh, rewrite the first one, you know, knowing what I know now. Um, it's constantly a, a learning process. Um, kind of in the middle right now of working on book three and, you know, just what I know now, I, I wish I had known in the beginning, but, you know, it's like anything. It's a, it's a learning process. Yeah, no, and, and don't ever go back. You know, the thing is, um, I do that all the time, and then I, mm -hmm. I go, oh, my God, that's a terrible book. Oh, my God, I need to redo this and stuff like that. But you get yourself into a worse mess when you try to update or redo a book, I think. Um, it, it's just not – just just let it go. Um, t take it as it is. Now, the, this, these two books, this is uh, book one and book two that you've done here, and uh, The Dead Don't Lie and The Dead Don't Mourn. Um, what made you decide to – to take the sequel route or, or series route in this type of book? Um, well, you know, the simplest answer is there was too much story for one book. Um, you know, the title, The Dead Generations, is, is a generational book um, where I, I go into not just the story of these two characters, Ian and Adam, but also the story of their parents as well. You know, when I originally started um, working on it, it started off as a book, realized there was so much story, so it became a trilogy. Um, and then somewhere around plotting that, I realized there was even more story. So it just kind of, you know, took on a sort of a, a mind of its, no, its own and just grew from there. Well, you know, but so do you, are you the type of writer, are you sitting there and plotting it all out? Do you sort of have, you know, a beginning, middle, and end in your mind, and then you sort of write in the details, or do you just kind of take it as it goes? Well, I definitely outline a uh, plot. Um, you know, my anxiety <laughs> simply wouldn't allow me to just read it. That's for sure. Um, so there's definitely a middle, you know, beginning, middle, and end to the series. Um, you know, I, I definitely know it's actually set up to be a six-book series. So I, I know how each book ends, where it starts, the middle, and the ending of each book. But I do like to leave myself, you know, a bit of wiggle room um, just to, you know, as these ideas are coming to me, I can sort of fill in the blanks with them. So, so in the uh, Dead Don't Lie, mm -hmm. um, when we look at that, you're talking about your, your Dr. Adam Morrow. Um, who is your character, Adam Morrow? Okay, well, um, you know, Adam, against the book, he's a, he's a heart surgeon. Um, his life is pretty much written for him. You know, he feels like this is the path that he he's kind of stuck on as a person. Um, so, you know, he's he's a very goal-minded, very serious individual, and he sort of has his whole life just taken from him in one night. So he goes from being a person who's, you know, devoted his life to helping others to someone who suddenly has to be kind of comfortable in this morally gray world of, you know, assassins. So it, it's kind of watching him, you know, um, go from being morally good to more morally gray, I guess. <laughs> you know, that sort Sounds of like Dave. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's a, well, more, more morally black, I think. I don't know what that says, you know. <laughs> we haven't gotten to the morally black characters yet, but there are, there are quite a few of those as well. You know, no redeeming <laughs> qualities whatsoever. 
Well, when you write your characters, uh, do you have an inner monologue in your head? Can you hear your characters, or are, is it more visual for you when you're writing? Um, it's a bit of both. Um, uh, for me, you know, each each scene sort of starts with, like, a snapshot. I'll just see, like, an image, um, and then I start building out from there. Um, and as for, you know, hearing the characters, yeah, absolutely. Um, both Ian and Adam have very distinctive voices. That's kind of how I know when I'm getting it right is when I can literally hear them speaking those words, um, which is really interesting, you know, especially as we go along. I mean, I've been working on this book now for, well, the series for about um, about two and a half years now. Um, so their voices have definitely gotten more distinctive with each book. That's for sure. See, I'm not the only one who hears voices, Al. Well, yeah, but you... <laughs> I know, I didn't even admit that. <laughs> yeah, well, there, there's a little difference here, really. It's a little out of control down there. Yeah. Um, now, I wonder now, but these, these, these two char- main characters you've got in this, Ian and Adam, um, now they end up becoming close and, and romantically involved somewhat, I guess. Um yes. How how did you decide to go that way? Well, I definitely, you know, I, I, I'm gay myself, so I wanted my characters to be the LGBT from from the start. That that was a given. Um, so that sort of just grew from there. The good thing is they're not typical gay characters. No, no, and I definitely didn't want the story to be, the main conflict of the story to be about them being gay. Um, you know, so... So many of the books that I, I've read, that's the central conflict of most of these books, is the family doesn't agree with it, you know, them being homosexual, or something along those lines. Um, in this story, their sexuality has little, if nothing, to do with the, um, you know, the angst that they experience, the, the conflict, um, which I thought was really important to me, that that not um, be the central focus of the story. It, right. It's more than that. These characters, um, you know, they're. I just simply wanted gay characters to be able to exist, um, and the story to stand on their own, on its own. Whether or not this was, you know, a love story between a man and a woman, or two women, um, when you just look at the actual series itself, it doesn't really hinge on the fact that these are two men who have, you know, become romantically involved. Right, right. So you're, it's more like you're, you're, you're creating a story and, and develop the story, and there's a lot more going on with each character than just their sexuality. It's kind of what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Which is very important. It's, it's, it's almost like we're just, we've got a couple of characters that are, are doing things, um, and the story's going along, and it just happens that that's their sexuality. So it's not like the, the, the key part or the pivotal part of the show or the the, the book. Right, exactly. You say you hear your vo- voices in the head of these characters, which is like Dave. Um, I wonder, now, how do you come up with your character then? Like, they didn't just start talking to you in the middle of the night one night and said, oh, hey, write about me. Um, it, it comes from somewhere, and where do you think that is? You know, that's really difficult to say. Um you know, I originally started this idea because, you know, I just wanted to write something that I wanted to read. What I wanted to read didn't exist. Um, I believe there's like, it's a Toni Morrison quote, you know, if you, uh, there's something that you want to read, 
it's not been written, you need to write it yourself. Um, that's where I went with it. Um, you know, I've always loved action movies, thrillers, um, but very few of them have LGBT heroes. You know, you never see a gay action hero. And I thought that would be really interesting. So that's sort of where I built Ian's character from. You know, he's all the things you would, you would think of, you know, um, in terms of action movie style heroes. Um, but he just, he's gay. And that's um, not the central focus of who he is as a person, but it's just, you know, happens to be who he is. And I just thought that that would be really neat to do. Oh, yeah. Anyways, that not, you know, that sort of wanting that character is where everything else came from. Yeah, how do you feel like um, that the LGBTQ people are kind of displayed in, in, in you know, movies and TV and books like that? Are you, are, you, are you feeling that there's a lot of, I don't know, what's that word, trope? It's a lot of kind of, I don't know, generic characters that they'll just throw in because they're gay. So, well, here's the gay person, and they have the same attributes or something. And and uh, did, do you feel like that's kind of why you would write this kind of book? Absolutely. Um, you know, when I came out um, back in Riscadini myself um, as a teenager in the late 90s, you know, I remember at that time just looking for, for media that I felt represented me and – you know, what I was finding is that, you know, LGBT people were either, you know, the, the butt of jokes, um, you know, the side character. They never were actually given any agency in their own stories. Um, and they certainly, you know, gay men weren't allowed to, to be tough, to be masculine. You know, they were always, like I said, uh, sort of like a joke, a punchline. And I really wanted to, to do something different than that, something that when I was a teenager, if I had found, I would have really resonated with me. Yeah, it's it's a it's a tough sort of place. Um, do do you pick up um, things like from other people? Like do you, do you find that you go out and you watch people and observe them and stuff? Like if you're at a coffee shop or you're in a you know shopping store or something, and and you see people doing or saying certain things, you overhear things. Do that sort of do you kind of pick that up and, and maybe insert it in some of your characters, do you think? Um, I don't think so much, you know, just random strangers, but there's definitely people that have come and gone in my life that I, I see bits and pieces of in my writing. When I'm actually writing it, I, I don't notice it. It's only later when I go back that I, I see that I've taken personality traits from this person, that person. In terms of, you know, getting inspiration from, you know, people on the street, you know, I, I think sure. I think a lot of my inspiration, I'm not even entirely sure where it comes from. You know, I've been inspired by so many different things over the course of my life. I'm an avid reader, you know, um, big film buff. So I, it's really difficult for me to see all of the inspiration that I've drawn from over the years, but I sort of just give myself permission to um, use elements of things that I've enjoyed in the past. Um, and, and that's definitely, you know, goes into um, observing the world around me, just being a very curious and observant person. I'm sure that, you know, lends itself to my writing, whether or not I, I realize it or not. Absolutely. Well, I know you uh, plot out uh, these books to, to a certain extent, but I was just wondering, have you ever had a character do anything that uh, surprised you, that they've 
maybe done something, done a complete like uh, 360 and maybe done something very unexpected uh, in the course of your writing? Uh, yes, definitely. And uh, I would love to talk more about that, but, you know, so much of my book is, we talked too much about that. I risk spoiling things for people. Um, so much, so much of my book hinges on you know cliffhangers and plot twists, and uh, I really would not want to spoil things for people. But there are definitely things that the characters have done and said that kind of even took me by surprise and kind of just ran with it. And I wouldn't say changed the entire course of the series, but uh, definitely lent it to you know a different path. That's for sure. I'm just trying to figure out which character you, you made after me, Ian or Adam. <laughs> which one's the better looking one? Because you see, I can, I can, you know, you know, karate, you'd have to do that's Dave. Dave's the karate guy, right? So, um, but, uh, assassin, that sounds good. Dark, <laughs> mysterious. I'm the assassin. assassin. Yeah, no, I guess not. <laughs> um, well, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting, but do you want people to get something out of the book besides the, the, the story itself, like the thrill and the excitement and the entertainment? Is there, is there kind of an underlying theme or subtext, do you think, in the book? Um, not necessarily. Um, you know, I really did just want to write something that people found entertaining, um, you know, something that kept them on the edge of their seat, turning the pages. Um, that's That was definitely my goal. Um, but if, you know, it, certain aspects of the book resonate with people, that's great, too. Um, there's a lot of um, dark psychological aspects of it um, focused on Ian's um, essentially being groomed to be an assassin from childhood. Um, so I, I did a lot of uh, research into that, um, you know, He's sort of under the thumb of his, his stepmother, Catherine, who was, you know, pretty much resigned him to this life. Um, so I did a lot of research into um, grooming behavior, toxic narcissism, things like that. And um, I, I feel like that part of it will definitely um, resonate with some people who have experienced that themselves. There's a lot about uh, trauma, childhood trauma, and um I, I think besides just being, you know, a really entertaining, exciting book, there's a little bit more um, depth to it that way. Now, I was just going to ask how, how you uh, get into the mind of uh, an assassin character. Well, you know, starting from that, that um, building him from the ground up, you know, what made him this person? Um, so, you know, exploring his childhood um, and how that influenced the man that he became. So, you know, it wasn't so much getting into the mind of the killer. It, it was more how this killer could be okay with this sort of life, how he can be um, groomed and, and convinced that this is acceptable. This is, you know, this is his life and not question it. And so that, that was um, definitely interesting for me. Mm. You know, I think that um, when we write these things, sometimes we have to get right into a character. Is there, is there kind of, how do you do research for something like that? Um, unless you're an assassin, uh, maybe, maybe maybe you're an assassin, we don't know this. This is a perfect cover, too. You'd be an author, and yet you're going around killing people. But, uh, but do, you, do you actually uh, find other people that were famous assassins or people that were, known as that kind of a 
a person and you kind of research them, or do you just sort of um, – it's interesting to see what kind of research goes into that. Uh, no, not necessarily. I, I didn't draw him from anyone in particular, no. Um, but, you know, there was a lot of um, research involved, you know, just in terms of firearms, um, you know, things like that. It's, it's very action-based. watched a lot of videos on um, varying uh, fighting styles, um, things like that. So, um, you know, I sort of just built it from there. But I, I really didn't want any particular person to uh, – influenced the creation of his character. I kind of just let him speak for himself and went from there. How, what's your writing style? In the, in, are, you, are you able to sit down and so there's nobody in the house or nobody around, nobody to bother you, let's say, from 11 to 3? Can you just sit down and go, okay, I'm going to write now and do it? Or is there a certain mindset you have to have? Um, definitely a certain mindset. Um, I do try to write every single day, you know, whether that's a page or that's five pages. Um, I definitely uh, try to write something. Um, but definitely um, it helps being in that mindset. And I, I don't write each book from start to finish. Um, I kind of write out a sequence. So, you know, a certain scene will be speaking to me more than another or more vivid. And then I'll sort of go from there. Um, whatever is talking to me that day, whatever character um, wants to speak, that's that's usually where I'll go. Do you have a kind of a, a favorite author or a couple of authors that you really like um, that you read? Um, it's actually interesting that you, um, you mentioned that because I had actually just done um, a blog interview where I was asked a similar question and I had mentioned Anne Bryce and um, – Mm. Not sure if you know where she just recently passed, right. um, but that got me thinking again of just how inspirational a writer she was to me um, as a young person. Um, I've always strived to that level of world building, um, and just the vividness of her writing is something I've always inspired. You know, inspired me. Um, but you know, I read so much of so many different authors. I'm equally inspired by both uh, fiction and nonfiction. I read a lot of nonfiction as well, you know, biographies especially, and I think I, I tend to draw a lot of inspiration from uh, past historical figures, things. Um, that's definitely always been um, a huge source of inspiration for me. Mm. I find people fascinating. <laughs> I, I do. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, so you like my books then, so I'm, I'm an inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. Oh no. No, no. I mean, I. I actually, um, another subject that I find fascinating as well. Obviously, you know, writing assassins and all. Um, yeah. A bit of interesting from myself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's kind of a, 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 it's kind of an interesting mix. I think it's great. I think it's a good a good mix and stuff. Um, um, it's. It, I like that style. So where, where do you see yourself going? Like, how do you like being in publishing right now? How do you like the way it's going for you? Um, you know, so far, so good. Um, I, it's sort of been a bit of a whirlwind, actually, to be, to be honest. It just happened very, very quickly for me. Um, and I'm still trying to, um, you know, even believe this has happened. <laughs> You know, it, it just like I said, I only started actually plotting the series and writing it about two and a half years ago. Um, 
just published the, the very first one in March. So it, it happened, you know, very fast, and I don't think I've really had a chance to, you know, really plan out where I want to go with my career because um, I didn't even essentially uh, even consider the fact that I might have one. Um, but really, I just want to, you know, continue telling good stories, you know, stories that resonate with people that they find exciting and interesting. Um, that's really what I yeah. want more than anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, if I can do it, anybody can. So <laughs> just think of that, you know. Um, well, that's, that's pretty cool. So do you like the um, social media aspect of it? Do you like, um, you know, all this um, online where people can just review or talk to you or people can just, you know, send you messages and stuff like that? Are you really active with that whole online world or do you sort of stay away from it? You know, I, I try to, you know, I try to be um, – active with it. It's a bit out of my comfort zone. Um, I'm kind of shy, um, introverted by nature. So it, it's difficult for me to put myself out there like that, um, trying to get more comfortable. But, I, you know, I also recognize it's, it's essential. Um, in this day and age, you know, you do need to have a social media presence in order to um, get people's interest. So it, it's Within the last year or so, I've been trying to get more and more comfortable with that, which has led me to uh, doing things like this. <laughs> <laughs> just torture. Hit the, hit the whip out, Dave. The, just... <laughs> Put her on the rack. <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, I, I, I think overall you just got to kind of ignore a lot of what you hear, a lot of the noise and Focus on your writing and don't let it affect you, you know. Just keep moving forward. Right, right. Absolutely. Well, when, you're, when you're done writing for the day, um, do, you, do you have any way to relax, recharge? Um, is there anything that you, that you do to um, kind of decompress so that you'll be ready for uh, the next day? Well, you know, it's funny. It's, I never actually feel like I'm done for the day. Mm. These characters are, are just with me all the time. So it, it's hard for me to kind of shut them off, you know, shut them off in my head. Um, there's always part mm. of me that's that's thinking of something, um, you know, but I, I do sometimes just, you know, at the end of the day, try to just sit back. Uh, you know, I'm big on podcasts. Um, obviously, I, I do a lot of reading. You know, I, I just try to... Um, distract myself you know mm. sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't but you know since i started the series i just sort of learned to live with them and if they give me a break wonderful but often they don't <laughs> they're pretty relentless mm. that way <laughs> we can be like dave take up drinking yeah <laughs> <laughs> just just drink a lot you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, shut it all out that way. Yeah, just why not? You know, you don't know who's talking to you, right? No. It's all a blur. Um, yeah. <laughs> now, so it's, it's, it's pretty interesting that you, you put this all together and you just kind of, it sounds like it's a lot of work for you and stuff like that. Where you don't, so you don't really kind of get where it all comes from for you. Um, I, I wonder if what do you think influences your your writing, or do you have any influences besides other writers and stuff like reading and that? Is there something that you sort of can absorb that you think gets into your 
into your writing, maybe maybe some of your hobbies or things that you do outside of writing? Hobbies outside of writing, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> oh, well, I thought, I thought maybe you were going to admit that you're an assassin here, so... <laughs> <laughs> we want the exclusive. I'd be more confident yeah. of a person if I was. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's just it's just such an interesting process. What, okay, so now you you're a fairly new writer and you finally made the jump and started putting books out. What would you tell someone that writes that's kind of in your position that hasn't had any, never never decided to publish, and they, but they write? Is there some advice that you would give them now, looking back, now that you've done it? Um, keep going. Don't stop writing um, for anything. Even if you just write, you know, a paragraph a day, or just don't give up on it. Um, there were a lot of days that I was just, you know, this is silly. Why am I devoting so much time and energy to this? You know, so much self-doubt. Um, but the only thing you can do is really just push through that um, and just, you know, keep writing one sentence at a time. As long as you do something towards that goal every day, you'll eventually get there, you know, and just believe in yourself. I, I wish I had told myself that much younger, much sooner in my life. Um, but yeah. Yeah. everybody's process, everybody's, you know, timetable is, is obviously different. Right. And I'm, just, you know, so who are you, you going to, um, who do you want to play? Um, your characters, like the the roles of like Adam Morrow, besides me, of course. Um, <laughs> of course. If you're if you're on a Netflix or some some movie or something, who would you choose? Well, you know, um, people have asked me that before, and I really can't say. And I'll be honest, I, I sort of um, dislike the idea of fan casting them because I honestly, you know, I feel like the person who could best play them doesn't exist yet, or I've never heard of them. Um, they're just very distinctive in my in my head. I, you know, I feel like leaving that up to the uh, the reader's imagination is probably best. Okay, they're all going to vote for me. <laughs> yes, that's going to be out. <laughs> me and Tom Cruise. <laughs> hmm, that's a good pairing. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's for the senior show. Yeah. <laughs> no. This is it can't be like that. Um, well, so do you do you have a website or do you have how do you like people to contact you um, when you're um, talking with readers and stuff like that? Well, I, I do have a website, uh, andrewso.com. Uh, um, I also have a, a bit of a presence on Twitter. Um, that is uh, Andrewso Books, and um, yeah, I always welcome you know emails, uh, um, you know people reaching out to me to talk about the book. I still find that all so very exciting. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Anybody who wants to, you know, reach out or, you know, learn more, those are uh, probably the best places to to do so. Of course, and, of course, we're going to run that on our website as well so people can find you with one click and, and do it easy. Hey, and now, was COVID, like, because you just have put, started putting these out this year, so um, was COVID an, kind of a um, – in the way, or do you think it influenced you during the writing process here? Well, you know, it's funny because, um, you know, I started this, like I said, summer 2019. I was still working full time um, and writing this on the side. Um, but then around, uh, you know, the very beginning of the pandemic, 
early uh, 2020, I lost my job. And um, there was so much uncertainty, you know, everybody was terrified. And I sort of let myself just dive into this, you know, probably as a distraction. Right. Um, you know, it worked. I was really able to focus on these characters, focus on the series. And, you know, by, what was it, November of 2020, I had, um, you know, gotten a, uh, a publishing uh, deal. I signed with my publisher, JMS Books. So it happened very quickly for me in, in that sense. But, yeah, um, you know, I think COVID definitely helped, in, you know, COVID helped, but in terms of slowing down, the world slowing down, that sounded terrible, but so that, you know, things slow down a bit and, um, you know, we was locked inside and um, I kind of just used writing as a way of uh, coping with that. Definitely, definitely sped up the process. That's for sure. Did you find you, you have to be kind of careful on, on how you write certain situations? Because I know that you've got a, a warning about the suicide attempt and, and stuff like that in the book or substance abuse and stuff. Um, when, you, when you do that, are you, are you extremely careful? Because nowadays everyone's, um, I, I don't want to say hypersensitive or anything, but people definitely um, will let you know if they don't like something these days. So are you, are, do you have to be mindful, I guess, is, is that the word, of, of what you write? Well, absolutely. And, you know, the funny thing is the thing I should have mourned for more than anything was uh, the cliffhangers. Oh, boy, do people not like cliffhangers. Um, <laughs> they do not. I definitely needed a, um, a warning for that more than anything, you know, because I, you know, I was very conscientious of the dark themes of the story. Um, you know, some of it deals with sexual assault. Uh, there, there is the suicide aspects of it. Um, so I was I was very aware that there are certain things that I needed to warn people about. But there's a lot of dark things in this book. And, you know, if I sat there and I warned for every single thing, we wouldn't get anywhere. Um, so, you know, I think I try with the, uh, the synopsis of the book itself to let people know what they're getting into going in. Um, but there are certain, you know, topics that I feel definitely deserve to uh, have a warning for sure. You know, I don't, I don't want to trigger anybody's trauma. I, I, that's definitely not what I wanted to do. Right. Right. That's why, you know, and, and you kind of have to tread carefully sometimes, I guess, um, maybe in the way we say things and stuff. I think that, uh, yeah, but it's, it's, it's interesting. Do you, do you actually, um, with one, one, being a doctor, did you kind of study that a little bit? Like, do you get into how a, a doctor um, talks or acts or certain wording, or do you, are you staying away from that whole medical aspect? Um, yes and no. I mean, there, there are scenes where um, the doctor, you know, part of Adam needs to be present, um, where he is taking care of other people. And I do have his demeanor, um, you know, his approach to people that be quite different. You know, there is um, a certain way he, he speaks that, you know, um, he's more professional. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I definitely did some research into, um, you know, he's a heart surgeon. So I looked into that a bit. Um, there are scenes in the, in the book where he uh, 
faster to move a bullet. So I had to do research on that. Um, you know, so it, as it comes up, um, you know, there's definitely, um, like all parts of the book, I've had to do lots of different research. That's just one, you know, one part of it. Well, he can just drink some whiskey and pull it out with his teeth. <laughs> there was a bottle of vodka involved. <laughs> well, there you go. You see, yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter vodka, whiskey. You just take a shot. And I've seen that on old classic westerns. They just sort of <laughs> tough men, John Wayne, you know, that whole thing. It's crazy. Yeah, well. It's just one bullet removal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Would you worry about the cliffhanger bit? Um because in a way that kind of makes the person have to read each book, right? You know, that's that's the goal. Um, and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's the goal. But I mean, in, in essence, so because like if I am to pick up a book now, I kind of have to start with book one. Is that right. true? Yeah. Um, so you don't think so, or can, do they? Will they stand on their own, or do, you, do because with the cliffhanger? If I start reading book two, I'm kind of not really going to know what brought up the cliffhanger, right, or what led to it. Oh, I would definitely not recommend reading these out of sequence at all. Um, right. there, it's one continuous storyline. Um, you know, I think of each book more like uh, seasons of a, a television you know, show. So there's that, you know, big finale at the end and the wait and, you know, what happens next. Um, and that's sort of how I built each book. With that in mind, uh, but I wasn't aware of, um, that people do not like cliffhangers. They just they don't. Right. I think it has a bit to do with um, you know we're so used to being able to binge what we're watching, you know, instant yeah. gratification, and having to be you know can be tedious. And um, yeah, I think if I had to do it over again, I, I might not have done that. But now right. it's a little bit in the game to uh, to change it. So we'll just roll with it. Hmm. Well, at the end, you can make it all a dream. <laughs> <laughs> he wakes up, and it was all just a bad dream. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Um, well, that's interesting. It's really, it sounds like a great, uh, great series to uh, people to get into and, uh, you know, and uh, start reading. So we recommend it. People, pick up the books. Let's get going. You're going to fall behind. We've already got two books out. Um, so the books, of course, we're talking about is The Dead Don't Lie and The Dead Don't Mourn. Um, our guest is the author of both books and more coming. Uh, and Rousseau, thank you for being here. Uh, thank you so much for having me. This is great. Thanks, Sam. Tired of wasting time trying to decide what to watch on your streaming service? Go to our website and look for the Martino Movie Reviews. To find out more about our show, guests, or to listen to past shows from our archive, please go to www.houseofmysteryradio.com. <laughs> The end! By George, he's got it! It is the end! I'll see you! If you're lying to me, I'll be back. This has been a production of Something Wave Media.